I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together, we're Lippy and Grumpy do podcasting. In this episode, a limping dog, Bernie Sanders, the new larder, and music festivals. Now, Lippy, I've had a bit more bamboo underpant delivery fun this week. Oh, no, what's happened now? If you remember from last week, the sorting Mm. office is open for two hours a day. Yes. So I rolled up at eight o'clock on Saturday to the sorting office, went in Mm. there with various bits and pieces, uh, showed him the text that I'd had and my driving licence, and he looked at him. Oh, you remembered your driving licence. I did. Well, it was in my wallet where it stays. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah, so he looked at the text and he went, I'm not sure that's here. I think it might be next door. Could you click on the link? Well, I clicked on the link. Well, of course, there's no signal in that part of the village at all. No. And I'm really sorry, he said, it's next door. And I went, oh, no, no, no worries. So anyway, I went outside. And of course, the post office itself doesn't open for another hour. So I had to abandon that idea. Mm-hmm. And sometime later, I was able to look at the link. And sure enough, it said the post office, not the sorting office. Oh, no. <laughs> a bit annoying because I could have gone during the week. These have been there since the 14th of January. You could have gone any day, could any have gone time. Any not quite any time, but not far off it. So anyway, so I popped in there today. I, I had a little walk at lunchtime and uh, picked them up. Which was, so you finally got your panties. Finally got four pairs of brightly coloured bamboo underpants. And they're lovely. Are they? They are indeed. Just don't really need to know about your underpants, to be fair. No. Definitely not. (laughs) But I might post a picture. Who knows? Yes, in fact, I think I will. Yeah, do that. Do that. Anyway, last week we had an email from Davros, and he mentioned about trying to get his Alexas to talk to one another by renaming Mm. one of them Zen. I miss the subtlety in that. And knowing that Davros is quite a sci-fi enthusiast, let's put it that way. Nerds. Well, yes. Uh, You can feel that one. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> so Zen was the computer in the 1970s sci-fi series Blake 7, which I absolutely adored as a child. It was uh, one of the best things on television as far as I was concerned. Some great adventures. It was a little bit like a UK version of Star Trek. Yeah. And uh, Zen was the on-ship computer, the all-knowing computer that you could speak to. So actually having a, a, an Alexa named Zen is quite a smart Makes sense. idea. Yeah. It does indeed, yes. Definitely logical name for it and in this week's email from davros he very wisely points out that this weekend from the 29th to the 31st of january is the rspb's big garden bird watch where you spend an hour monitoring the garden looking for what sorts of birds and how many appear mm. and we've, we've done this for a couple of years here and it's interesting that sparrows had almost completely disappeared from the area but they seem to be back. I don't know where they've been. <laughs> no idea at all. <laughs> Went down the local shop and never came back. Well, possibly. We did seem to see quite a lot in towns. So whether they've got into towns and then come back out again, I don't know. It's very strange. Maybe a change in the weather. Yeah, I don't know. So that'll be, that'll be a nice hour spent just, just watching. And yeah. he also reminds us to put out food and a source of unfrozen water, which is tricky to keep it unfrozen. Mm, unfrozen, yeah. I don't think we could put out bird food. We've got a lot of cats around here. I'd feel bad yes. luring them into the garden. You've just got a slow old one that can't really do anything. <laughs> she can snore. Yes, <laughs> she can snore. You say she can't do anything. Last week, end of last week... I got up usual time at six o'clock and she was downstairs on the chair fast asleep. I woke her mm. up by moving around. So she got up, demanded some food and then disappeared outside. And then about 20 minutes later, she's deciding to run around the house like a mad thing. Found all these doors closed, scratching at the doors, meowing. Open the door. She closed door. She doesn't like a closed door. Open the door. She looks at you and goes, meow, and then just wanders off. So <laughs> a major she's irritation. you were in there. Well, quite, but at 17 years old, you think she'd just to sleep pipe even down. more than she does. Yeah, pipe down <laughs> a bit, just calm down. Davos was very complimentary about our vegan piece last week, mm. which is, is a little bit of a surprise because a bit like me, he's a bit set in his bit ways. Grumpy. <laughs> bit grumpy. Very grumpy, actually. <laughs> On occasions. 
he says vegan diets not for Davros because of cheese and beer, which mm. I can identify with. Yeah, cheese and wine for me, definitely. Yeah, very, very difficult to give that up. And uh, he says that the stuff that clears wine and beer is called finings, and it's made from ground-up fish cartilage. Ew. Yeah, doesn't sound I brilliant. mean, don't need to know what's in it. That's probably why they don't put it on the label. Almost certainly. Mm, I'll just drink it, thank you. <laughs> Maybe we'll quiz the pub landlord when uh, we're back in the pub again and see what he knows. He seems to know everything about beer. Ask him for a vegan beer and see what he says. <laughs> Probably get barred. Yeah. He, he does, uh, yes, somewhat tutting when people order low alcohol beers. But uh, <laughs> yes, some people do have to drive. And surprisingly for Davros, because he's not really a car person, he's picked up on the Renault 5 we spoke about last week. Mm. And he says the mention of that car brought back memories of Davros in his early 20s. Don't see? Snicker. Don't oh, snicker. Boy. Roadman. The road road boy. Road boy. <laughs> a mate of Davros would borrow his mother's electric blue Renault 5 GT Turbo when it was his turn to be the nominated driver. The gig was to get out to a country pub as soon as possible. In doing so, the engine got good and hot. The challenge for the nominated drinkers being to get into the pub, serve a pint, down the pint, and back into the car whilst the cooling fan was still spinning. <laughs> That's a good. I like that. That would be fun. That, that is quite good. There used to be, I think it was um, uh, the Ace Cafe in London. There was something you put a record on the jukebox, got on your motorbike, hurled up the North Circular to a roundabout and then back again before the, the disc had finished or the record had finished. Which sounds, that sounds a bit more dangerous. Yeah. But... Well, it, was, it was in the 60s when there was less traffic. doesn't make it any less dangerous. <laughs> I was going to say, less traffic doesn't mean it's any less illegal. <laughs> No, or dangerous. And Orange Marshall 2 got in touch with a very short WhatsApp message saying he's still unable to purchase black pudding sausage rolls from the local butcher. Every time he goes in, oh, we've just sold out. He should ask them to reserve some for him. Yes, that's a good idea, actually. Specifically ask, say, I want five baked. I'll come and get them at this time. Please reserve them and pay for them in advance. That's not a bad idea at all, actually. Then you might actually get one. Yeah, I like that a lot. I shall suggest that to him. But of course he listens, so he's already got the suggestion. You are welcome. <laughs> I like to think that our little podcast has caused a bit of a black pudding sausage roll shortage in the village. You never know. You never know. But I think people have just discovered them and gone, these are fantastic. Mm. Actually, talking of black pudding, I came across a vegan black pudding today, which I'm sort of um, keen to try, to be honest, just to see yeah, what it's like. I, I wonder what's in it. Because I feel it's one of those things, isn't it? It's, it's not a black pudding if it hasn't got the things that black pudding has got in it. But True. But the thing I like about pl- black, black pudding even is the taste. And if yeah. the taste was the same. Yeah. Then, but surely the thing that makes it black is the blood. I believe so. And then I started to think about, well, actually, what is in it? And is it preservatives and I guess you could just colorings. use like black beans instead to make That's it That's very true. So I might get some mm, and try it. Interesting, like. yeah. yeah. I'd much rather eat that than actual black pudding. Yes, although I tend to think black pudding is good for you. But I have no medical Iron or levels. nutritional basis. Yes, yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. And I sort of feel also it's sort of the bits that are left over as well. So, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's, let's leave that there. Let's move on from that. Some good fun to be had from the last week, I think. Yes, definitely. The first one that caught my eye was a gentleman who had injured his right foot or ankle. So he's got a plaster cast to below the knee. Mm. So he's hobbling around on crutches. And whilst he's suffering like this, his dog also started to develop a limp. So the owner takes him to the the vet, spends Mm. a small fortune, as you always do, on scans and x-rays and all sorts, to find out that the dog was merely copying his owner. That's so funny. (laughs) You would be so mad at the dog. The poor thing, you'd be like, why have I spent this money on you because you're copying me? Yes. (laughs) Oh, bless. That would have been quite a surprise, I think. And and really at the same time, because, you know, Mm. he's not going to have any expensive surgery or... But still expensive scans, they're not cheap. He a fair bit of money already. Oh, no. I thought that was quite funny. And, of course, it reminded me of a story of uh, you when you were three. 
and we were at Royal Surrey in the X-ray unit so sat in the corridor outside queuing up and i think we were there for probably for your sister for something or other and when it was our time to uh, to go in you got up and you you walked as if your leg was in plaster from one end of the corridor to the other i think you'd seen quite a lot of people go in all with various leg injuries and decided the best thing to do was to um, to to follow suit but of course one person laughs and then I carry on doing it because that is, <laughs> I am a born entertainer from the age of three. You know, if I make someone laugh, I'll just keep doing it until people don't find it funny anymore. And then I'll carry on doing it anyway, because I think it's funny. Yes. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you? And it was. Oh, God. I, I mean, whilst we were quite, uh, not really embarrassed, but going, oh, no, what's she doing now? <laughs> I'd say the rest of the x-ray unit were in hysterics so just bringing laughter to everyone yeah Uh, but that's (laughs) the sort of thing you can only get away with when you're three yeah yeah if i did that now everyone would be like oh it's her x-ray yeah Yeah, quite (laughs) yes you find yourself popped on a trolley even not popped (laughs) on a trolley and wheeled off somewhere right the next funny thing from the last week has to be and one of the funniest things I think we'll see all year is mm. Bernie Sanders and his mitten photograph. It is uh, just the best thing. It has tickled me for nearly a week. And I'm still seeing photos that are making mm. me smile. It's absolutely brilliant. Bizarrely, the photographer that took it has been quoted as saying, the picture itself is not that nice. It's not a great composition. And I'm not going to be putting this in a portfolio, which is <laughs> ironic, really, given the yeah. number of people that have seen it over the last seven days. It's, it's been posted absolutely everywhere. And I find it's it's kind of a Where's Wally thing as well, because... I'll be like scrolling on my Facebook and be like, why is that picture like being shared loads? What is it? And then all of a sudden you just see him there sat with his little mittens in his coat and like next to a group of really famous people. I'm not sure they're little mittens. They look like massive great flippers on his hands. True. They are massive, aren't they? And I see a number of people have recreated their own by knitting them. Maybe that's something you could do from the same room. A couple of Bernie Sanders Our own lippy and grumpies. Yes. Slippers? Mittens. Mittens. Well, you can make make slippers as well. Matching snip. Oh, I can't talk now. Matching (laughs) snippers. And also there was a chap that um, quite cleverly put together this website where he would take the cutout image of uh, Bernie and Mm. then place it on a Google Street image. So you put in your postcode (laughs) or your town and it would... Stick them outside your house. Yeah, I did try. It didn't quite work because our postcode is good few houses in our street. So unfortunately Mm. it was a house up the road rather than ours. But he he thought it would only be used a couple of times and it actually served nearly 10 million images before he had to (laughs) shut it down due to costs. I'm not surprised. That's so funny. So funny. And there's a couple of articles from Wired magazine, I'll leave the links to, that talk about the how this image has reset the internet from the previous incumbent at mm. uh, the White House. And all, and also about the that website as well, which is very funny. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's very refreshing looking on and not seeing anything about anything else other than him and his little mittens. <laughs> and if you look into... Bernie's background as well. I mean, he's been involved in all sorts of good causes for for decades. I mean, there's pictures of him back in 1963 standing up for somebody's rights. So he's not sounds like a really solid chap, mm. to be honest. And yeah, yeah, and he's. I think he's enjoyed the notoriety of the last few days. And <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, and the exposure not? of his outfit <laughs> yes indeed and then in motoring news which i know is not really your thing but i'm going to get very excited about this you get excited i'll i'll arm and be like Ooh. yeah you do okay, that so i'm ready so back in the 70s larder the russian car manufacturer who did mm-hmm. import quite a few cars into this country Ooh. and interestingly quite a lot of them went back after they'd been used so oh, that's not would, so good no no literally people were importing them back into russia because they were still being used in Russia, and they were using them for spare parts. So okay. instead of scrapping them here, they were scrapping them in in uh, in Russia. They had a model called the Neva, which was a 4x4, and the design brief was Renault 5, 
interestingly, on a Land Rover chassis. And that's exactly what they produce. So it's quite a small mm. body on this amazing four-wheel drive system. Quite handy. Very popular with ski instructors, as is the I Fiat bet. Panda now. Yes, because mm. they were cheap. A cheap and very, very capable and mm. light, which is a good thing. And interestingly, in the last few days of snow, there's been a number of what I would call lifestyle 4x4s. So you've got a very expensive, very heavy car with a four-wheel drive system and road tyres, which are never going to work in snow. Not no. like proper mud and snow tyres, which then are a nightmare to drive on tarmac. Having yeah use them for for various rallies they're they're not very good on tarmac so you have to have a compromise but you, you're not going to drive on snow and you're definitely not going to drive on ice particularly well on one of those so larder neva absolutely brilliant just just the job could have done so, with one of those this weekend could have done with one or you just well as we all happen to do anyway stay inside stayed at home yeah, yeah. stayed at home yeah so anyway after 50 years larder have redesigned it and it looks pretty much the same i think because it's a, a box with four wheels and you know, the Russians aren't aren't big on car design. What colour uh, is it? Functional. Any colour you like apart from mm. black. No, it's the other way around, isn't it? Any colour you like, as long as it's black. As long as it's black. <laughs> or red. They had a they had a faded red. I think the larders were faded as they came out of the factory for some reason. They obviously had faded red paint tins. Who knows? But uh, look forward to seeing those. And hopefully we'll see some in this country as well because they were really solid design. And a friend of mine uh, rallied the Larda Riva, which was a saloon, two-wheel drive saloon version. And these cars were so solid, all you had to do was bolt in a roll cage and off you went. No strengthening <laughs> whatsoever. And there was a whole series of uh, single venues and rally and forest rallies that the Larda Challenge covered. And they were just brilliant. Unfortunately, he's ended up at um, the bottom of a ravine in Wales, and that was oh no, that was the end of uh, his larder challenge. Unfortunately, but the car hit a tree at some speed, and you know nothing, nothing. Just unfortunately, then dropped on its roof, and yes, that was the end of that. And I have a confession. You do. Yeah, I've had a bit of a senior moment. Oh no! Already. Already. It's happening. <laughs> stay calm. Yeah, no, well, don't stay calm. So run around with your hands in the air. L- last week I had found a lump on my gum. It was not hurting, just a very large lump, which is a bit disconcerting. So I went to see the dentist. I was due a checkup anyway. Mm. He looked at it and said, well, I think it's an abscess. So we'll give you some antibiotics if you come back in a week's time to see if it's gone down and take some x-rays and work out what we're going to do. So I duly turned up at half past 12 today and went to the reception and said, um, well, I'm here to see Nathan Green. And she said, well, Nathan doesn't work on a Tuesday. I went, oh, oh no. But I've got an appointment. She went, well, you haven't today because it's not in. Are you sure? Yeah, are you really sure? <laughs> so what had happened is I put the correct date in my diary mm. and then I blocked out time in the works diary for tuesday oh, oh no yes. you mixed your you mixed your diaries up well mixed my days up more to the point and i think it's just as it is now i'm never sure what day it is i got up this morning <laughs> thinking what on earth is today um not really knowing so yeah yes so unfortunately i could go back tomorrow <laughs> well at least have a nice walk. I did have a nice walk, and I did collect my bamboo underpants, which ah. yes, was yeah good, but been better done the trip in one go. But, <laughs> as I said to the receptionist, oh, at least it's a day out tomorrow as well. So. <laughs> now I expected to be doing some more compost spreading at the weekend, but um, snow stopped play on Sunday. Snow. It was great. It was quite nice. And there's always that air you get with freshly fallen snow, mm. which is really quite refreshing if a bit cold. But, uh, but we've still got it. It's still hanging around here and uh, pavements are treacherous at the moment. Mm, I don't think we had as much as you because ours is pretty much completely gone apart from the areas in our little car parking bit that doesn't get the sun. But other than that, it's all gone from the grass, the roofs, mm. everywhere. So yeah, I don't... Ours seem to be heavy to start with and then trickled off quite early whereas yours seems to be very heavy for 
a rather long time from the pictures I've seen. Yeah, it was very heavy and then it got a bit lighter and then got really heavy again. Mm. So I think it was a good good couple of inches, I should think, on yeah. had, had fallen. Which is fun. I love the snow. It's nice if you don't have to go anywhere. It is. Well, it was kind of, maybe not so much for you if it was still on your roads, but the perfect way to have snow. It was on a Sunday. Mm. Everyone got to go out and play in it and go for walks. And then by the Monday, it was all gone and everyone could drive, go to work and there was no extra havoc. Although I did go to the shop and completely forgot we were in the middle of a pandemic and I had to walk all the way home to pick up my mask. The snow just... I was all excited. We had walked through the park and there were so many people in the park sledging. Like, there was no social distancing. And yeah, I just forgot. Nice long walk. (laughs) Yes, I've prepared for that eventuality and I keep one folded up in my wallet. Yeah, I should do that, really. Because I know I'm going to forget at some point. It's inevitable. Mm. I also made my boyfriend a bit angry. Not angry, but he watched the UFC, whatever kind of fighting. Some sort of fighting, isn't it? Yeah, whichever one Conor McGregor was in, that one, on Saturday night. But it didn't finish until like half five, so he didn't go to bed until then. Obviously, it hadn't started snowing then, so he didn't know it snowed. And I was sat downstairs, kind of looking out the window like... Oh, do you think it's okay if I go and wake him up yet? <laughs> so at about 11, I, I took up a coffee and I was like, do you want to go play in the snow? <laughs> that was very Which, good to wait until 11, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I can imagine I the excitement right. levels were very high. I did all right to wait till then, but I don't think he was impressed because he'd only had like four hours sleep. Mm. And then there's me sat on the bed like, I want to go build a snowman. <laughs> well, if you will stay up half the night watching grown men punch one another. Exactly. Can't ruin my weekend just because he didn't want to go to bed on Saturday night. So I don't know whether we're due any more this, this winter. Was... I did see we were due some more this Sunday coming. Yeah. But, but alongside a lot of rain, so I think... I looked at the forecast earlier and it's not showing any for Sunday. But it was on the news over the... Either yesterday or Sunday. It must have been Sunday. Mm. The long forecast saying it was getting warmer and then colder again. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Now, our main feature is about music festivals. And uh, I, with DJ Finn again. So it was one we recorded a couple of weeks ago and it just went on mm. and on and on. There's so much to talk about. It's great. Uh, <laughs> rather sadly, I saw yesterday that Glastonbury, Glastonbury. this year has been cancelled, which mm. is not a surprise, to be honest. And uh, no. as, as a Lions Club, we've got events at the end of June for our carnival and then the car show in August. And mm. I'm just not sure about them, to be honest. But, I think so. Uh, The main issue is um, whether it's worth investing the money to start the process of creating and setting up when it may not go ahead. The decision needs to be made now whether you're going to invest the money into the event and then possibly lose that or just cancel it completely, regardless of whether it could go ahead or not. Yeah, I mean, the cost for... Glastonbury must be astronomical. Ginormous, yeah. yeah. I mean, we normally go to the Wayfest Festival, which is just outside Farnham, and they made the call on that quite late last year. Uh, Mm. I can't think when it was. But being a smaller event, presumably they're able to do that. And certainly with their Lions events, because we're all volunteers, the cost of organising it up until a certain point is... Yeah, virtually nothing. Minimal, yeah. Uh, we had to cancel last year's car show uh, fairly late, and and the cost was was negligible, to be honest. But as somebody said, you know, if you don't put these things in the diary and, and aim to have them, then nothing happens. Um, yeah. So you know, it might happen, um, but if we don't plan for it, it certainly won't happen. Yeah, exactly. Well, one of the things I've missed over the last twelve months is live music. Uh, for the last couple of years, we've, well, actually five or six years, we've been to a local festival called Wayfest, which is definitely designed for the older gentleman and lady. So it's nothing like you get at uh, Glastonbury or even at Guildfest when that was running in terms of mud and people and general malarkey behaviour. And also we've, we try and try and do a couple of indoor concerts as well. There's a very good church near us, which seems like an unusual place for a music venue but the acoustics are superb absolutely superb where's that based then church it's in farncombe 
St. John's, oh. I think it is, in Farncombe. A chap there's been running them for donkey's years. Uh, I only discovered them a year or so ago, and uh, only been once until. Well, I had a whole load lined up for the last year, and didn't happen. Now, both of you, in particular you, DJ Finn, having been both sides of the stage at Gilfest. Yeah, well, that seems like a while ago now, but I think it was 2012, no, 2014 maybe. Crikey, so coming up for seven years ago. Yeah, so that oh. was that was the last Gilfest, I think. And at, at that point, it was I think it had a year off or maybe a few years off before that, and they brought it back with the hope to keep it going. But I think these some of these small festivals really struggle now with the, the kind of costs that and risk associated mm-hmm. with putting a festival on. So I, I was sad to see that go because that was that was super fun and uh, yeah I got to play on a, a I mean that's one of the only festival I think it's probably the only festival I've actually played so it was a it was a lot of fun and I wish I could do it every year but uh, but yeah <laughs> oh it was great fun to watch it's not my favorite genre of music I'll say that <laughs> but I but I appreciate talent even when it's not uh, not what I would uh, listen to first trip choice. to a rave was- trend. Right. It was a bit much it was like that, to be honest. And there was a, a tent full of people thoroughly enjoy themselves with drops and all sorts <sighs> of stuff going on. So it, it was good. And that was the same year that Wife of Grumpy appeared on the stage with the rock choir as well. So it was oh, a bit did. of a... I forgot she did Yes, yeah, she did. Yes, I've never seen so many people on a stage in one go, apart yeah, from it? possibly Niles Rogers. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, it was, a good, it was a good festival. And, uh, yeah, I'm sad that it's... Um... That it's gone and i know it was definitely a festival though wasn't it Gilfest? it was a, a lot of youngsters a youngsters a lot yes of youngsters a youngsters festival yeah i mean the music that i was playing at that point in my life i think i was about 18 or 19 my music even my music taste has let's say developed developed since then yeah so well, ch- yeah. changed changed i wouldn't i wouldn't knock what you did then because it's it was of the time and what you enjoyed and taste change i'm not a massive festival goer mainly because i like to be clean and I like to use a toilet. But I used to enjoy Gilfest because it was all the, everyone at school went, you know, and it was all of us, like, big crowd of people in your wellies and trying to sneak in alcohol. Dad, close your ears. Best place was down the welly boot, if anyone's listening and wanted to know that. But the last festival I went to was a MTV festival. I don't know if you've heard of one or been to one. No, it's, where was it? Dad, you wouldn't have been. Finn might have heard of it. But it's predominantly a student festival, so they set up in student towns. And it was £5 for the ticket. Best festival I've ever been to in my whole life. I oh, was this like, in Swansea? Yeah, in Swansea. Yeah, I I my friend goes going. to uni there. Yeah, my friend goes to uni. We all went with her housemates, and it was like a five-minute walk from her house. We saw, like, Professor Green and Example, and there was loads of other people. I had a great time. Um, until it started raining because obviously well, you were in Wales, in Wales uh, the walk home we had to walk down a hill and then up a hill so this hill was kind of just a bit like all the hills meeting a, a small bit uh the water came up to do my you, knees do you mean <laughs> a valley yeah yeah a valley but like a mini valley not a big valley a little valley all the hills way. meeting a small bit yeah why yeah. use one word when you could use 20 because <laughs> it's me but anyway the valley turned into a pond yeah. tramp through this pond of stuff and the boys all stayed because apparently the person headlining was amazing but he started playing and i didn't know who he was so we were like let's get out of here whilst we can still walk in the mud but I thoroughly enjoyed that and decided on that day that I was going to go to more festivals. And four years later, I haven't been to one since. (laughs) Well, interestingly that you talk about weather at festivals, because I have been to some very, very hot festivals and I've been to some very, very wet festivals. And they're both probably as bad as each other. So actually wishing for heat is not often the best idea. I think the best festival weather is sort of overcast with spells of sunshine but not yeah. too much because otherwise you'll overheat and sweat mm. and it won't won't be a great experience either and burn as well yeah because i love the idea of coachella but oh my god it must be boiling it's in a desert yeah and people who go to i mean i haven't actually been to any of these european festivals but um the ones that go the on I think there's one that goes on in uh croatia 
and uh, there's a few different places in in like southern Europe. And uh, yeah, Tomorrowland is a massive one. In yeah, yeah, Germany. But they also do a winter Tomorrowland, and that one's in the Alps. Wow that that would be. I mean, there's yeah, there's another one I think called snow bombing or something like that, and that's snowfest. Snow bombing, I think it's called, and that's an interesting one because the you spoke the idea is you go skiing during the day and then you go to the festival in the evening, and I'm thinking, how does anyone have that much energy? Because when I go uh, skiing, as a seasonal, I, come up I can tell you, you <laughs> what you do is you nap and then you go skiing for about an hour before the festival starts, so it looks like you've skied but you haven't actually skied, and then you go to the festival. <laughs> yeah, get a few pics of you on the slope. And then go back to the festival. Just going back to Gilfest, one of the years you were there, I think we were sat in the car waiting for you to appear, and uh, I needed a call of nature. Uh, we, we sat in Stoke Park, and there was a couple of articulated lorry trailers next to us, and I thought I'm just going to nip behind there and go. So I got out. It's pitch dark. Nipped around there tripped over a couple who were um, enjoying one another, let's put it that way. <laughs> highly, highly embarrassing for, for all concerned. But it did. I didn't need to go after that. Straight no. <laughs> That's away. I did also have, uh, I think it was the darkness we were watching at, or I was watching at um, Wayfest, and there was a slight drizzle in the air. But be- the combined heat of all the people who were now jumping up and down was most ill-advised, given the number of artificial knees and hips in the audience. That it sort of pushed the the rain back up again. So it was almost <laughs> like this shield around us where we were dry, and you could look at me and say, "But it's raining. How can I be dry and it's raining?" Which is very bizarre. So I don't know whether that was a cider. Well, it was dry rain, as you would say, Lippy. Dry. Yeah, that is a thing. <laughs> Apparently it is a thing. So if we're back to normal, DJ Finn, what's your next, what's the top festival you'd like to go and see? Well, uh, interesting you say that because I was booked to go to Boomtown this summer. Just Well, last summer, just gone last year. That was August, which and that has been supposedly delayed till this August. Now, the four of us who are going are praying that we can go in August. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. But it's Boomtown. I went in 2019 for two of the four days, I think. I managed to get a um, sort of a free ticket for like a couple of the days, which was was fun because I'd never been before. Absolutely unbelievable festival. I've never been to anything like it. I've been to Glastonbury and that was probably the only, the closest I could say to this festival. But it is just... Being like being on another planet. So one yeah, of the things they have I love, crazy sets and stuff, don't they? The st- everything is themed. There's actors and actresses everywhere, yeah. all dressed up. They have like different sectors around the festival. Each one has a different theme. So they have one of the. They've been running for I don't know ten or fifteen years. One of their the oldest ones there is called Old Town, and it's all looks like like Tudor buildings and stuff around you. Uh, it's just unbelievable awesome. the amount of effort they put into uh, the stage designs is amazing. And one of the cool things they have, well, they have like lots of it's in the woods. So they have uh, undercover stages in in the woodland, and then you've got other stuff that's out in the fields. But yeah, the amount of effort that they put into that, and the amount of stages of different music as well. I think there's something like two hundred stages. Which Good heavens! Wow. I know they start building it in July because when we've been down to Swanage Camping, we've been past it and they're already cracking on with it. And I think, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, it's the end of August or towards the end of August? Uh, I think it's second, usually second week of August. So oh, right. Around, like, sixth to ninth, something like that of August. Okay. Uh, it's usually extremely story. wet. For some reason, it always rains on that weekend. Yeah, I have a funny story about Boomtown. So I moved, I don't live anymore, but I moved to my flat in autumn in the May. Didn't realise how close autumn was to boomtown so it came to the august i was having a nice summer day went to the weatherspoons all these randomly out of nowhere because autumn doesn't have that many young people in it all these young people in the weatherspoons slightly muddy they've obviously like on their way back or on the way to the festival all a bit disheveled in the weatherspoons down the road from me yeah i mean uh, these festivals take over entire areas i mean the amount of people that go i think 
Boomtown was something like 80,000 or 100,000 people. Good heavens. Which is a lot of people. And this is why I was saying about how these, how the amount of organisation these festivals must take to pull off mm. is just unbelievable. How do you traffic that amount of people around? How, like, how do you build the infrastructure for that amount of people? I, I really wouldn't want to be the person having to deal with it. And especially in the current that. time when, I mean, so Boomtown have sort of said that they're, they're actually going to downsize. So we have tickets. I don't think there's going to be that many tickets let available because they're going to downsize the amount of people a lot. And they're changing, they're taking this opportunity to actually change a lot about the festival that they've wanted to change for a while. Um, and it might be one of the positive things that comes out of, out of the pandemic, to be fair, is that the, it gives people a chance to refresh things and think about things in a new way. So it'll be interesting. I know people who've been to Boomtown for five or six years in a row are quite mm. sad that maybe it might never be the same, but actually maybe it might be better. So it, mm. it could well be better. And, you know, being involved in events that take a year to plan, you know, you finish one and you're straight into planning the next one. And actually having a break for a year does mean you can sit back and think about it. But of course, with these big events they don't they don't become big overnight as you say that's been going for what 15 years and you look at glastonbury i mean that was a few dozen people to begin with so they've grown with the size of the event so it does become a bit more manageable but it, you're right it is terrifying the thought of being responsible for a hundred thousand people's safety but ter- i wouldn't sleep at all ever the amount of money that must be on the line as well and mm. i know this from being part of uh, well, good example actually is 33 Hertz in Guildford, which started as a that club opened when I was 18. So that's been running for seven years now, I think. And when they opened that, it was completely unknown, and it took them mm. six years to get a regular crowd of people who really enjoyed going there and really got what they were trying to do with the place. Like mm. They weren't; they're not a mainstream club. They're trying to appeal to a specific audience. And actually, that's a lot harder than you think. And a lot of these festivals are like that. this as well. They're, they're specialist festivals, so they really need to spend time finding their audience. And the, But the problem with that is you're risking a lot of money. So these yeah. festivals where you, you, you have to pay for everything up front and then you just got to hope you sell tickets. And Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That is scary. <laughs> I wouldn't want to... Yeah. It was one of the reasons I stopped running club events was that I hated... I didn't sleep... I would just be constantly thinking about it. How oh, we might not sell enough tickets. What can I do? What can I do to try and sell more tickets? And it, different ways to market it. It is not. It's stressful, <laughs> and I didn't want to do a hobby that was stressful. So I just stepped away from it and became a DJ. Like just de- DJ to other people's events instead, because really that that's a lot easier. You turn up and do it. It's not on your head. <laughs> no, absolutely not. There's a lot to be said for that. See, I'm the other kind of person. I love doing the organising. That is organising bliss. Something like that. And then the feeling you get when you pull it off, like as someone that's planned many a wedding, the day after when you like see all the posts and see everybody having the best time ever, that feeling beats all the other feelings of being like stressed, knowing that you've managed to pull off something that big. Yeah, it's when it's the day after, as DJ Finn was saying, you've got... um you've got negative in the bank account because you haven't sold enough tickets. And that's the reality facing mm. a lot of a lot of small festivals because there are so many. I mean, you take sort of six, eight weeks over the summer, you could go to probably three or four festivals within easy driving mm. range on each, each weekend. And it's the same, slightly different subject, but with classic car shows. So you can go to one of half a dozen classic car shows on most weekends over the over the summer period and if you're making money or you try to raise money through one of those sorts of events it's really difficult you know you have your hardcore that will always come but it's the others that will just float around and pick one on the day even it's uh, it is very very difficult uh, and a friend of a friend of a friend of mine who's uh, had stalls at glastonbury and done very very well so you take something like the last Guildfest, they weren't breaking even until about one o'clock on the Sunday, so, which is, it's not only the festivals that, are, that struggle with this, it's the, the stalls as well. I mean, to be in that position where six hours before the event ends, you've only just broken even, even must be terrifying. Mm. I think it's, it's, it's a very difficult business 
to work in uh, this kind of events uh, sector. But the thing is, actually, in my opinion, it's so valuable to British yeah. culture. And um, really, it, people shouldn't be having to put themselves under so much stress just to supply these events to us. And everyone takes it for granted, you know, but... Uh, again, it's something to do, you know, to do with the current time. Obviously, none of these things can go on at the moment, and uh, and I think it will be really interesting to hopefully see people go out and support, you know, next year or whenever we're actually able to go out and and party again and and go to these things and enjoy uh, group events. Hopefully, people go out and 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 celebrate a lot, and these companies can make back the money that they've lost in the time they haven't been able to do it. Yeah, absolutely right. I, I remember when I was at school in the 70s, there was a couple of lads there who were well into their guitars and, and playing in bands. And they had these stickers on their cases, which was keep music live. And I think probably that period we were going through less in terms of live music and more in terms of recorded. Then latterly, we seem to have gone the other way. So there's lots of live. And you know, people, you know things like streaming and that have made releasing records quite financially difficult so touring actually is a good way of, of making money which of course has just disappeared over the last 12 months but you know i hope that the keep music live effort works again in 2021 and beyond because i know it's in terms of feeling good about yourself there's nothing like a music festival mm-hmm. no i do agree and that's something i was going to say actually when we we're talking about about the festivals was uh and and you're talking about the food stores as well um there's a smell at a festival (laughs) the smell that you get is very interesting because it's a it's a mix of very good smells and very bad smells and you kind of go through almost patches of each so you get (laughs) you get patches of of the toilets and sweat in a crowd and that kind of thing but then also you you walk past these food stores that smell so good. Yeah. And it's a mix of all of the smells. It's like every yeah. way you could ever think of mixed. Yes. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's something I miss, actually. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> mixture of smells. Love that. I mean, we've, we've been to Wayfest with a friend of ours who is um, – He's really into his food, uh, ridiculously so. And he will spend most of the time eating. And he'll just, he'll just appear with a tray of, of something that he's found from from somewhere or other. So, uh, That's something yeah. I think I've only been able to enjoy, actually, since I've, I've been a bit older. Because when I was going to festivals 17, 18, 19, I was always on a massive budget. You know, you spent most yeah. of your money on the festival ticket. So you were mm. you were either not eating or eating sort of pre-made food, like cans of food that I used to take yeah. with me to. I just packed my bag with like cans of beans, right, <laughs> and 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 booze, obviously, to try to, to have to not spend six pound on a pint or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, drink in the tent and eat in the tent before you yeah, went through. Yeah, super noodles, all that kind of stuff. But the nice thing now is that I can go to a festival and I can actually, I feel like I can go, you know, I'll have a bit of that, whatever they're selling at that stall and whatever they're selling at that stall, um, which is nice because the food is great. Interestingly, the last Wayfest, so that would have been 2019 we went to, they decided to not have disposable glasses or plastics for beer. So you bought a, it was from the Hogsback Brewery for a pound, the uh, sort of a plastic glass thing. And what was interesting, at the end of the Saturday night, I mean, it's not a massive area for their main stage, but it was full of plastic crushed glasses. None of that last year. There was nothing at all. Everybody had bought, you know, a one pound glass. and It was just so much better. And you just felt better when you were leaving that there just wasn't loads of rubbish strewn all over the place. Much, much better. I mean, this is something that I'm hugely passionate about, actually, is uh, is plastic. And uh, I'm really happy that some of these festivals are going to the effort to do that kind of thing. Interestingly, last February, actually, so it was about a year ago for my birthday, we went to Amsterdam. We went to a festival out there. And they're very forward thinking about how they deal with things. And they had a really, really good system. So when you walked into the festival, you got given two plastic tokens, little, little, like, uh, little round things that look like a coin. Oh, yeah. And they were glass tokens 
So they did have sort of recyclable plastic cups. But what happens was when you ordered a drink, you also had to give them a token for for your cup. And then okay. you so you had two of them. And when you gave your plastic cup back, they would give you a token in return, right? So you couldn't drop That's your so cup on clever. the floor because if you didn't have any tokens, then you couldn't get a drink. They just wouldn't serve you a drink. So that is really clever. It was quite a clever way of doing it. Um, I mm. think the 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 one where you buy a uh, buy a cup is also good. So you said about was it one pound for a for a cup, and then yeah, which we've left in the camper van, and we'll use. Well, hopefully this year, so we've held our tickets over. Yeah, so I think the only thing the only thing with that is is if people still throw them away, then I guess it's still waste. But it it's one instead of ten. Figuring it topped up. Yeah, it's a lot less waste. A lot, lot mm. less waste, which is good. Right. So to wrap up. What about best band you've ever seen, or best act, and the worst act you've ever seen at a music festival? Interesting. I would find it very, very hard to pick a. A best one, I think. Last year, uh, off the top of my head, one of the or, or biggest surprise actually, because I didn't even know that they yeah, were on the that's lineup. A good one. Yeah, I didn't actually even know that they were on the lineup. So I was at Boomtown. Uh, it was the Saturday night, and they have this stage called the Lion's Den, which is a natural um, sort of bowl in a field. Okay. So the yeah. stage is at the bottom of the bowl. And it's a field, so you're you're on a natural tiering, which is great because you can always see over everyone. So we're we're quite far back. They also have they're very good with their sound. So they had lots of layers of speakers. So wherever you were stood, you were you were near speakers. And me and my mates, we always like being further back where there's more space to dance and stuff instead of being in the right in the crowd. So we were quite far back. Anyway, I think it was Groove Armada or someone who was playing. Anyway, they the guy came up, the compare came on after they'd finished. He goes, all right, in 10 minutes, uh, the streets are coming on. And I thought, what? The streets? Seriously? And it was amazing. It was, I think it was the shock of not knowing that they were going to play and always having wanted to see them as well for years and years and years. And they don't play very often. So um, that was amazing. And it was also a sunset set, which is always amazing at festivals, I think, when you go mm. from night to uh, from yes. day to night. Yeah. The atmosphere so you, of it. Yeah, you get like the sort of, they come on and it's still light, and then by the time they've finished, all the lights are going, because it's dark. And I think that's, mm. uh, I think that's always a, a great... Oh, that's, a, that's quite a treat, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, worst? I don't know, actually. I, th- I tend, to, the one of the things I love about festivals is if something's bad, you can just leave and go to a different stage. That that is very true. <laughs> you have to sit through it. Yeah. What about you, Nigel? Yeah. Uh, for me, well, I, I'm going to shock you here. One of the best acts I've ever seen was the Wurzels. Okay. And, and my, I, you may turn your nose up, Lippy, at this. One of my pointers for a best one is how they interact with the audience. Yeah. And they're just brilliant at it. I mean, they've done it for decades, and they were just superb. The drummer, I, he must have been close to 90, so he was quite slow, but, you know, kept in time. So they were very good. And going back to Guildfest, Cool and the Gang were absolutely superb, had the whole of that. And, again, that's sort of a natural amphitheatre type thing. The whole of the audience were up dancing on that. That was including your dad, strangely. Um, <laughs> Very odd dance moves, but we won't get into that now. <laughs> I absolutely and, love Cool in the Gang. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely superb. Yeah. And I think the biggest disappointment I saw was at um, Hurtwood Polo Club for one of the Rock and Horsepowers. There. They had John Parr from the 80s, who I loved, and he should have stopped. He was a little bit out of time and quite a bit out of tune. And it was just, <laughs> it was a real shame. And, um, I, yeah, I just just done one I too thought, many. Well, you know, he's of an age, as you know, a lot of these people are. Mm. I, mean, I heard Tom Jones singing on The Voice at the weekend, and he still got it. There's no two ways about it. He but. was on. Um, sorry, going off topic, but New Year's Eve on Jules Holland. And oh yeah, he's yeah. O- he's he's over eighty. Is he really? No. Yeah, he was talking about the fact that he was going to get. He'd already had his vaccine. And I was, I was really? like, he's over eighty, really? I think I can. His voice is still amazing for that. I can age. look him up now. Tom Jones' age. Let's have a look, shall we? On the fly, he's yeah. eighty years old. He was born on the seventh of June, nineteen forty. Good heavens! 
That is amazing, isn't it? That is astonishing. I mm. thought he was in his seventies. He looks good at eighty. Yeah, that's very good at eighty. Yeah, it's obviously that Welsh water. Yeah, well, he's he's still very with it as well. Like he was just mm. it, you would you could have said he was sixty really at the sort of how he was communicating and stuff. He was very. T- Some people do. We were discussing a couple of weeks ago on the podcast about Chuck Yeager who passed away. I think it was uh, December. 2020 and he was a test pilot i mean how do you get to 94 as a test pilot incredible and and he had a whole you know a little bit like murray walker he had a career and then he had a whole new career after that in you know films and consulting for video games and all sorts of things and just being an all-round very cool gentleman Mm. (laughs) all the way up to his deathbed Yes, well, probably. Who, who knows? Mm. A bit morbid, Lippy. Oh, it's been great to have you on, DJ Finn. Um, hopefully, we can have you on again. I'd, I'd to distant future. It's been good to just chat. Well, when we can all get together, we've got uh, we've got all the kit to do it uh, to do it live. We can do a live so, one. Uh, we'll do a live one. Maybe we'll do it from Axonfield campsite. That sounds like a brilliant idea. Podcast live from Axonfield. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure about live because the mobile phone signal there is not brilliant. All right, let's not go live. Let's go pre-recorded, but you ha- yeah. we, we have to have a vegan barbecue at the time of recording. Uh, you, you're on for that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll do vegan live, a bit like um, Spring Watch live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye.